Welcome back to Gesundheit with Jacobus, Health Talk Radio. Now your host, Jacobus Hollowine. And we are back on the program. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's already the third hour of Gesundheit with Jacobus today. Uh, Jacobus Hollowine is my name, uh, Chuck Martel with us in the studio as well, and Eric Newhouse with us on the phone it is already the third hour, and you and I have still so much to talk about, but I appreciate you doing it. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jacobus. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. You look at a three-hour block of time and wonder how in thunder you're ever going to fill it. Uh, and I had prepared an outline that uh, we're uh, lagging remarkably uh, far <laughs> behind. Uh, there's an awful lot that needs to be said, and probably not enough time to do it. So yes. we'll just jangle along and do well. Uh, what we can. That's right. Uh, that and I, it may be that we'll want to come back at a later time and yes. talk about uh, some of the stuff that we haven't been able to hit uh, in this block. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a couple things I want to say. There is a, uh, uh, there was a little article written in, uh, on September 13, 2006, September 13, 2006, and it was called Report Dismisses Idea of Gulf War Syndrome. It says there is no such thing as Gulf War Syndrome, even though U.S. and foreign veterans of the war report more symptoms of illness than do soldiers who didn't serve there, a federally funded study concludes. U.S. and foreign veterans of the Gulf War do suffer from an array of very real problems, according to the the Veterans Administration-sponsored report, which was released on Tuesday. This was Wednesday, September 13. Yet there is no one complex of symptoms to suggest those veterans, which is nearly 30% of all those who served, suffered or still suffer from a single identifiable syndrome. There is no unique pattern of symptoms. Every pattern identified in Gulf War veterans also seems to exist in other veterans, though it is important to know the symptom rate is higher. And it is a serious issue, said Dr. Lynn Goldman of Johns Hopkins University, who headed the Institute of Medicine Committee that prepared the report. The VA contracted with the Institute, part of the National Academy of Sciences, to review scientific studies and probe the issue at the direction of Congress. Tuesday's report is the latest in the important series, which the VA will rely on to determine whether Gulf War veterans are eligible for special disability benefits if they are found to suffer from illnesses that can be linked to their service. Veterans can now claim those benefits only by making an undiagnosed illness claim, said Steve Robinson, a Gulf War Army veteran and government relations director for Veterans for America. So it seems to me just uh, three years ago, um, it, 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 it wasn't really totally recognized. Is that your feeling when you hear this little report? Oh, absolutely. Uh, The government has tried very hard to uh, downplay some of the problems that have been obvious to to veterans for decades and decades and decades. You look at the Agent Orange Syndrome uh, out of Vietnam. They denied for years and years and years, decades and decades and decades, uh, that Agent Orange uh, was a problem. 
uh, for American troops, uh, and it clearly, uh, uh, clearly, uh, our soldiers have suffered from that. And the government has denied it until finally it couldn't, uh, uh, it could deny no longer. Now that's recognized as a problem. Uh, I'm sure Gulf War syndrome as well, and probably will continue for decades yet to come. Yeah. The, the uh, one thing that I wanted to bring up uh, many years ago, about eight years ago on this program, I had an interview with a lady by the name of Betty Martini. And Betty Martini has done uh, a ton of research on the effects of um, aspartame, NutraSweet, Equal on the brain and on the nerve tissue. And she mentioned that uh, her study showed that, I mean, one of the things that she knew about the dangers that, uh, that it is a neurotoxin and that it actually can kill brain cells as well as affect the neurological system in general, uh, we do know that aspartame turns into formaldehyde at 89 degrees, where our body temperature is 98 degrees. So she had made a request to the government and said, if you're going to send our boys and girls soft drinks, do not send them diet sodas because those are sweetened with this artificial sweetener. Send them regular sodas because, as they say on pallets in the South Arabia sun, they're at 112 degrees, they are going to be turning into formaldehyde cocktails. And she mentioned that uh, the government didn't listen. They sent all these diet sodas to, uh, to Iraq and th- that time in Kuwait. But she mentioned that more than 20,000 soldiers have died after 1991 from the Gulf War with, with Gulf War syndrome that was un, um, they, they weren't able to describe exactly what it was, why these soldiers died, and they just called it Gulf War syndrome, even though in this article they deny that that really exists because they cannot really get a grab or get a hold on it. But it's interesting that the effects of that there may be effects linked to the use of aspartame. And we do know that our soldiers are probably not getting the healthiest food. They have a lot of variety and a lot, a lot of comfort food. So there are Pizza Hut and McDonald's and ice cream, etc. cetera. Uh, there is a lot of these uh, chains that have offered the services to, to feed our troops so that when they are, let's call it downtime, that they have comfort food as they know it in the United States. And sometimes you have to wonder what the effect of food or sweetness uh, could be on the brain, on the well-being of our soldiers as they try to battle through combat. And I, 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 I talked to a gentleman who is very familiar with the effect of essential fatty acids, and he says that uh, during the first war, World War One, uh, that there was a much higher number of uh, canned sardines going to our soldiers because there was not enough other food available, so they sent them a lot of canned food, but a lot of it was fish. And uh, that the some of the re- that the reports seem to be more positive to how student how soldiers came out of this war and how they handled themselves afterwards as far as the trauma was concerned. Where now it seems like we're not feeding our soldiers the uh, the, the the nutrition that they need in order to keep their brain and their emotions uh, healthy. It seems that it's a lot of comfort food there. What are, you have any insights in that, Eric? Sardines are absolutely wonderful. Uh, they're one of the best uh, brain foods that we know of today. Uh, they're rich in omega-3 fatty acids, uh, and the brain thrives on those. Uh, I, uh, I eat them regularly, love them, uh, and uh, I think that I benefit as a result. Uh, you also, if you've seen the movie, um, uh, it's a video, uh, Super Size Me. 
I, um, yes, I did watch it. Yeah, uh, and it showed what happened uh, when someone ate uh, uh, McDonald's uh, burgers and uh, and drank all that soda for thirty straight days. The yes. guy ballooned up. Uh, yes. you know, they they were afraid uh, that a straight diet of fast food was going to kill him. And I think that the uh, same thing happens to our soldiers. You know, they can't be eating that stuff and uh, and staying healthy. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's true and is a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sue called. Sue sent us another email. She said uh, her son was tw- is 21 years old, and she has another question. She was the one who was going into the uh, Marines soon. Uh, are there any supplements that soldiers can take to help strengthen or maybe encourage brain development or support of the brain after a sustained TBI. So actually, it's interesting that we're just talking about fish oil. Uh, absolutely, Sue, if I can answer that. Uh, T- uh, TBI, uh, of course, the, 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 the situation is very complex, but do not give up on the essential fats. Uh, uh, the cod liver oil, essential fats, such as the, the regular fish oil, very important. You're probably going to look at about a tablespoon a day. If uh, somebody goes to war, get the highest concentration of capsules that you can get to him. Uh, some of them have about 400 milligram of the EPA fat in one capsule, so you would have to give him about four capsules a day. The other one I highly recommend today, is because of the good research that was done on it, is vitamin D3. And I know of people who have dealt with uh, seasonal affective disorder, depression in general, just moodiness, even even war veterans. I, there's a gentleman I know who been in Vietnam. He claims that he has been exposed to Agent Orange. He has been dealing with depression and, and, and even sugar balancing issues for many decades. He started taking 10,000 units, IUs, 10,000 IUs of vitamin D3 a day and has seen remarkable improvement in both his mood as well as in his uh, blood sugar balancing, uh, which is another issue that hasn't really been brought up because many of our young kids, when they come back, they seem to be in such a great shape because of the battle and because of the food, the, the, the lack of food that they've had, that uh, it's hard to tell that they could actually be pre-diabetic. Uh, so lecithin is another one, a good fat for the brain, for the nerve tissue as well. And let's not forget the effects, the positive effects of B12 and uh, B12 and B complexes in general. Now, usually when you're dealing with a stress B complex, what happens is when the body is under stress, the first vitamin it loses actually is vitamin C. And so when you buy a B stress vitamin, that is usually a complex B vitamin with about a thousand milligrams of vitamin C involved. So uh, that is another thing. So we're looking at fish oils. We're looking at uh, lecithin, vitamin D3, close eight to 10,000 units a day. Uh, we also look at B-complex and vitamin C. So I would say those would be a phenomenal start for people just to keep the brain healthy and hopefully deal with some of the issues and stresses that come up. And, and you know, it does take discipline in many ways, but uh, this would be, these would be supplements. Uh, Eric, do you have any insights on this? Totally agree. Fish oil is, uh, is wonderful, and that would be my first recommendation also. Yeah, and the vitamin D, I don't know if you were, were aware of that, but you may do some research on it and, and see the great benefits uh, for that. Now, you also talk about some of the treatments that are available for our soldiers. 
you feel that the, uh, the, the VA really only offers conventional treatment. And that is really a lack, I think, as far as rebuilding the body is concerned. I completely agree. I talked with James Peake uh, when he was uh, VA secretary a couple of years ago. Basically, uh, uh, he's a medical doctor. He's very conventional. Uh, he was uh, um, kind of straight-laced about it. Uh, he told me that, uh, that he wanted to do unconventional things, but he wanted uh, to see that they were tested and proven first, uh, and that would take some time. So basically what uh, the VA was going to offer for the foreseeable future uh, was uh, was talk therapy and, and uh, pharmaceuticals. Uh, and I tend to think that uh, we need to go way, way beyond that. We need to go way beyond that very quickly. One of the things that uh, is offered in uh, as treatment by the VA in some parts of the country, but apparently not in Montana, uh, is something called Alpha-STEM. Alpha-STEM is, um, uh, is a treatment that was uh, devised by a sports medicine doctor at Columbia University mm-hmm. and has been adapted into, uh, uh, into treatment. Um, the Rimrock Foundation in Billings uh, began using it a couple of years ago and just swears by it. I sat in on a treatment down there, uh, a young lady named Mandy, who had been, uh, uh, who is a PTSD uh, uh, victim. She was a former drug user. She'd been uh, severely beaten. Uh, she'd been, uh, she'd seen some accidents in which people died and helped uh, pull people out of. Uh, wrecked cars. Uh, She was a young lady who didn't sleep at night, uh, who was constantly agitated, constantly constantly, uh, uh, hyperactive, hypervigilant. She came into the treatment center, which was basically a darkened room, sat down on a couch, uh, and she had what looked like an iPod. Uh, um, It generated um, an alpha wave uh, which is that uh, the wave length that your brain is on when you're in deep meditation. She put one uh, one lobe on. Uh, she attached one anode to her one ear and the other to the other ear, and this machine blew the alpha wave straight through her brain. I could watch her. It took about 20 minutes uh, for the full treatment, and I could actually literally watch the wrinkles on her face begin to... Uh, uh, to dissolve, uh, wow. and when she came in, just her whole face scrunched up. By the time it was over, uh, you know, she looked like a normal 19-year-old. Uh, her skin was unwrinkled. Uh, she, I looked at her and said, how do you feel? And she said, I'm exhausted. I need to go home and take a nap. Wow. And, and it would have been the first time in two or three days that she'd slept. Mm. It's a... It's a can buy the alpha stim units, um, be taught how to use them, and I think they're four hundred bucks or something. Yeah. Uh, and thereafter, use them uh, maybe once every oh three or four days, and uh, and gradually, uh, as your brain resets itself, uh, you can lengthen those treatments. You know, one of those things uh, you could use for half a dozen or a dozen people. You could use it, uh, you know, 
uh, a dozen people could chip in and buy one of those things uh, and benefit from it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Excellent idea. Just share there, it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm. Neurofeedback uh, is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that is basically training the brain uh, to reset itself. I talked about neuroplasticity a bit ago. Uh, there is an absolutely wonderful book uh, by a doctor named Norman Deutsch, D-O-I, I think it's D-G-E. It's called The Brain That Changes Itself. And it argues convincingly that everything that we do, every thought we have, every action we take, changes the way in which uh, our brains operate. Deutsch um, uh, did some neuroimaging, for instance, uh, and discovered that that um, when his subject touched something with one finger, one area of his brain would light up. When he touched it with another finger, another area of the brain would light up. Uh, and so there were specific um, areas that were lit up as as each of these fingers touched something. Then he taped those fingers together, and uh, within just a few days, different areas of the brain were lighting up uh, when all four of the fingers touched something. Mm-hmm. Um, this would go a long way toward explaining why, for instance, people who are deaf uh, tend to have uh, better eyesight, um, really? or why people who uh, are blind have much better hearing. It's because there are more neurons uh, that shift their function and become available uh, to work in different areas of the brain. So uh, neurofeedback can be a very, very valuable uh, form of treatment. I talked about mind-body bridging, um, uh, concentrating on the senses uh, to to, uh, stay in the present. Uh, There's also something called EMDR. Eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Yeah, that is which, wonderful. Yep. Wonderful stuff. Uh huh. Yeah, which is essentially. Um, um, it seems like a type of hypnosis, but it really isn't. No, you it are really constantly aware. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, basically, what you're doing is you're putting yourself into a trauma, um, reliving the things that uh, were problems, uh, and then. Um, Shifting your eye focus, rolling your eyes, looking from left to right, uh, and uh, training your brain not to go back into that uh, that trauma again. Yes. Well, we have music again, Eric. Uh, when we come yep. back, uh, we I want to wrap this up with you for today. I know there is too much more that we can talk about. Uh, we mm-hmm. are talking, yeah, so we'll have to do another show with Eric to continue our talk about post-traumatic stress disorder and traumatic brain injury related to trauma in the body as well as through coming out of war. So make sure you stay tuned with us for the next half hour and check out his website in the meantime, ericnewhouse.com. Learn more about his book. And as we come back, we'll continue a little bit more with Eric. We'll be right back. You're listening to Gesundheit with Jacobus.